62nd, the Sacerdotibus Monastery of the Priests of the Monastery. If any abbot desire to have a priest or deacon ordained for this monastery, let him choose from among his monks one who is worthy to fulfill priestly office. And let him that is ordained beware of arrogance and pride, and presume to do nothing that is not commanded him by the abbot, knowing that he is now all the more subject to regular discipline. Let him not, by reason of his priesthood, become forgetful of the obedience and discipline of the rule, but advance ever more and more in godliness. Let him always keep the place due to him according to his entrance into the monastery, except with regard to his office at the altar, or unless the choice of the community and the will of the abbot should raise him to a higher place for the merit of his life. Nevertheless, let him know that he must observe the rules prescribed by the deans or provosts. Should he presume to do otherwise, he shall be judged not as a priest, but as a rebel. And if, after frequent warning, he do not correct himself, let recourse be had to the intervention of the bishop. If even then he will not amend, his guilt is clearly shown, let him be cast forth from the monastery, provided his contumacy be such that he will not submit nor obey the rule. But thou, o Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. It is the abbot, according to this chapter of the Holy Rule, who chooses from among his monks those who he deems worthy of the priestly office. And so it is the abbot who gives the demissorial letters by which the bishop is asked to ordain a monk. The priesthood is not integral to the monastic life. A monk, once professed and consecrated, is complete. It's complete. It's not as if a monk who is not a priest is somehow not quite the finished product. The non- priest is already fulfilling that for which he came to the monastery to sincerely to seek God to prefer nothing to the opus day to practice obedience and to embrace humiliations going back to what St. Benedict 
gives us the criteria for the identification of a vocation to Benedictine life. So, the perfection of the monastic life consists in seeking God, in zeal for the Opus Dei, in obedience, and in humiliations. By humiliations, a man becomes humble, little, poor, conscious that he is utterly dependent upon the grace of Christ. St. Benedict says, Let him that is ordained beware of arrogance and pride. He immediately puts his finger on the two temptations that will assail a man raised to the priesthood. The first of these is arrogance. I know better. I know more. I see more clearly. I, 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 I. It's arrogance. So St. Benedict immediately puts his finger on that. And pride. I need not submit to anyone. I need not ask for permission. I have the requisite knowledge to take my own decisions. I have directed other souls. I can surely direct myself. These are all the clerical temptations you see. And St. Benedict, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. He's very perspicacious. He puts his finger right on these temptations. And the third is, and presume to do nothing that is not commanded him by the abbot. Um, the priest will always be tempted his own man, to call the shots, to, um, to be the pilot of his own vessel. And uh, this is especially challenging when a man comes uh, from the vineyard of the Lord where he's labored as a priest. It is a big adjustment. Because everything in, and Brother Hildebrand can attest to this, everything in a man's seminary training is <coughs> ordered to the man becoming one day a parish priest. That is the pilot of his own vessel. That's, that's all of the training is, is in that direction. And so for a, a priest to leave the vineyard of the Lord where he's been laboring and come to the monastery. It's a huge uh, adjustment and a big change uh, that, that calls, uh, that obliges such a priest to be utterly dependent on the grace of our Lord and to begin to walk in a path of humility and obedience and littleness doing nothing that is not commanded him by the abbot, knowing that he is now all the more subject to regular discipline. So the, the priest monk is excused from nothing in terms of the regular discipline. He's not excused from even the most humble tasks, uh, material tasks, things that simply have to be done. He takes his, his, his shares in whatever work uh, is, is the brothers are undertaking. So we see this on the work days. Um, the priest brother is 
not dispensed from the common work, but rather, insofar as possible, takes his share in the common work. And the regular discipline, regularity is the condition of a healthy, productive life. Um, the regular discipline is not confining and oppressive. It provides a monk with a kind of trellis. You know, when, when you're growing plants and fruit-bearing plants and you put a trellis it's to keep the fruits from lying on the ground and rotting. It's to allow the plant to thrive and to grow and to stretch upward. And it's the same thing with the regular discipline in the monastic life. The regular discipline is to allow men to thrive and to bear fruit and to grow upward. For this reason, the priest monk has to be a lover of the regular discipline uh, that imparts a certain rhythm to his daily life. I'll say something about this this evening in the sermon at the Mass for the oblation of Father Murphy and Father McKeever. Let him not, by reason of his priesthood, become forgetful of the obedience and discipline of the rule. It would seem that for St. Benedict, the priest monk has to work harder uh, at uh, obedience and at the discipline of the rule. Because he comes back, he insists on this. The, the priest monk has to be the most obedient of all. Why must the priest monk be the most obedient among the brethren, because God obeys him, the altar. When the priest, bending over the sacred host, says, this is my body, God obeys the priest. And when holding the chalice, he says, this is the chalice of my blood, the new and eternal covenant, the mystery of faith, God makes himself obedient to words uttered by a mere man. And so this situation of the priest, he's, he's somehow caught between uh, God's obedience to him and his obedience to God mediated through the abbot. This is why the priest has to be the most obedient man. Because God so humbles himself as to become obedient to his word. The, 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 the holy sacrifice of the Mass is the mystery of the obedience of God. That's the whole sacramental economy. You know, rests on this lexoran uh, When we speak of, of the sacraments ex opere operato, being, being worked by the very doing of the deed, that, that implies that God binds himself to obey the words and the doings of the mere man. It's extraordinary. And this should so 
humble the priest that he makes himself the most obedient among his brethren. This translation is, is a bit, um, uh, I'm not altogether happy with the way uh, Abbot Sir David Hunter Oswald Blair translates this, but advanced ever more and more in godliness, St. Benedict has something very beautiful. Sed magis ac magis in domino proficiat. Magis ac magis in domino proficiat. He is to, to more and more um, prosper, I suppose. How would we say proficiat? It means to profit, really. Uh, profit in the Lord. means that he's to grow, grow and hold And uh, St. Benedict then speaks of the place of the priest in the community. Um, it is the place of his profession because he's a monk uh, among uh, other monks. Uh, only when he exercises his priestly function and this by command of the abbot does he, so to speak, step out of the ranks and go to the altar. But only at that moment. At every other time, he is a monk like any other monk. Uh, and then St. Benedict uh, discusses um, what, what sometimes happens. When a priest monk um, yields to temptation, begins to think that he is better, that he knows more, uh, that he can make his own choices, to exercise his priesthood in ways that are not compatible with the monastic life. These are all classic temptations of the priest monk, especially around the Middle Age. The number of priest monks who leave the monastery uh, between uh, 40 and 50, it's always the difficult period. And very often it's because uh, they, they have the pretext is um, I'm not using my priesthood. I need to go out and use my priesthood for the good of souls. Of course, it's, it's, it's a ploy from below to, to separate a man from his uh, monastic life. And such priests often then find themselves, if they yield to that temptation, they find themselves in the world without what St. Benedict calls the regular discipline. So they become undisciplined. They no longer have the trellis that supports them and allows them to stretch and to grow heavenward, and they become very earthly. This has happened again and again. So, um, St. Benedict says uh, that um, a disobedient monk is to be corrected and corrected frequently. But then he says, if he is so obstinate and proud and disobedient that he will not change, to be cast forth from the monastery, lest he become for the community an element of, of trouble and unrest. 